All right, so page 43 in your books, lesson five. And as you can see there, we're studying the topic, the subject today, concern and conflict. Concern and conflict. And we are studying out of 1 Thessalonians 3. Uh, Benny read the first five verses of it. We're going to be studying 1 through 13 uh, as our text today. So flip over to the introduction on page 44. And let's take a look at it. We're going to kind of get a background for the lesson and kind of go back to some previous things that we've studied about already this quarter. Uh, begins by saying there in 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, the Apostle Paul listed a number of persecutions that he had endured because he was preaching and teaching the gospel. And then at the end of that list in that chapter, down in about verse 28, he says this, Besides the other things, what comes upon me daily, my deep concern for what? All the churches. All the churches. So that's going to really be our topic for today, Paul's concern for congregations of the church that he had established, all the churches. And he goes on to say this statement reveals the, the concern, the burden that Paul felt for the congregations he had established. So what was he concerned about? Well, he wanted to make sure that they were continuing to talk the true gospel that he, that he brought to them. Absolutely. He wanted to make sure the the converts, uh, the, the churches he had established, remained faithful. Uh, he wanted to make sure the congregations were adequately equipped to do God's will. He wanted to make sure they were being properly taught after he left. So those were his concerns. And goes on to point out if he was able, uh, during his missionary tours, if he was able, Paul would remain in a location, a certain place, where he had established a congregation for, a, he would stay there for a longer period of time. Uh, he did that, for example, in Corinth. How long did he stay in Corinth? Tells you there in the introduction. Year and a uh, year and a half, 18 months, year and six months. Uh, he stays in Corinth, um, teaching the word of God among them. But then there were other places and other cases where Paul had to make a quick exit uh, from that location, and why, why would that be? Persecution. Sometimes pretty severe persecution. Uh, persecution that endangered his life even. Physical, physical persecution. Physical violence. And so in cases like that, so he could continue to preach and teach and spread the gospel, he would leave... Uh, those places and then hope to return. return later on when maybe conditions were better. Re revisit the congregation later on when possible. And if it wasn't possible for him to do that, what would he do? He would, he would rely, he would send back one of his traveling companions, like for example Timothy, we're going to see today, or Silas, uh, send one of his companions back to visit that congregation. So it goes on to point out down there at the bottom of 44 that a good example of that, that plan happening uh, was when Paul and Silas were forced to leave uh, the congregation at Thessalonica 
And we studied that back in lesson one, and when I read there, that, that came to mind pretty quickly because I, that was the first lesson this quarter, and I was teaching that lesson. We studied that back in lesson one when Paul and Silas were there, and there was some severe persecution that happened, uh, and they, had, uh, they, they left. They had to leave before they wanted to. Their departure was urgent. Uh, Acts 17 and, uh, tells us that the brethren immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night and they went to Berea, which was not far away. So after a time, a short time there in Berea, Paul leaves Berea, uh, he leaves Macedonia, the region of Macedonia, and where does he go? He goes to the big metropolis, the big city of Athens in Greece. Um, but Silas and Timothy, they stay in Berea. They remain there, we find. And it says they were likely staying behind so they could help do what? Establish the church there and strengthen the congregation there in the, in, in the city of Berea. Uh, what's that mean? Right, absolutely. That's right. So uh, it says that's the same reason that Paul told the Thessalonians that Timothy was sent to them, and that's going to be in our text today. Um, that's in verses 1 and 2 that we already read. So Paul had a, a great concern for congregations that uh, had been established, for new Christians, and when he could not personally go back, he would send someone, one of his companions, and today... We're going to see that he sends Timothy back to the city of Thessalonica to check on the congregation there and to find out what kind of progress they're making, how they're doing. So one of the main reasons it says that Paul sent Timothy back to Thessalonica was to exhort the Christians to do what? Right, stay faithful, stay true to what they had been taught uh, in spite of persecution. He did not want the brethren, uh, uh, the text today is going to say in verse 3 that we read, he did not want the brethren there to be shaken by these afflictions. Because persecution had already happened there and probably still was happening there after Paul left. So Timothy goes back to check on them and bring back a report then to Paul. Um, goes on to say, thankfully, when Timothy reunited with Paul, what kind of report was he able to give Paul about the congregation in Thessalonica? A good report. By and large, a very good report. He had good news about the, uh, the church there. Paul was concerned about them. Uh, but it was a good report. They had not given up the faith. They had not forgotten about the things that Paul had taught them. Uh, they were continuing to be faithful. And so Paul, in verse 11, prays to God to allow him to be able at some point in the future to go back to Thessalonica and visit the, the Christians there. Uh, he prayed for God to allow the Thessalonians to increase in love toward one another. We'll talk more about that as we go through the text. And he prayed for God to establish their hearts blameless in holiness. Goes on to say there at the end, on page 46 there at the top, Paul did not ask God to keep the Thessalonians from what? 
He did not pray for them to not be persecuted, to keep them from persecution, but he asked God to help them endure it and deal with it and continue on to be faithful as they endured it. Does anybody have any thoughts or comments there about the introduction to the lesson? All right, then. Let's look at... Uh, we already read 1 through 5, so we'll not read that again save a little bit of time, but we'll read the rest of it as we get to it. Let's look at uh, the section there on 46 called Timothy's Mission. So when Paul left Macedonia for Athens, as we mentioned, Silas and Timothy, they stayed behind in Berea. Uh, and he, he points out there, the commentator does, that Acts does not tell us why Silas and Timothy did not go on and travel with Paul, but it does indicate the separation was not intended to last very long. Was verse 16 in Acts 17 says that Paul waited for them at Athens. So it was probably not intended to be a long period, a long time of separation. Um, Paul wrote, therefore, when we could no longer endure it, we thought it good to be left in Athens alone and sent Timothy, our brother and minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ to establish you and concern and encourage you concerning your faith. So that's talking about Timothy being sent back to the church in Thessalonica there in the text today, verses 1 and 2. So he says Paul concern, Paul's concern for the Thessalonian church was, was obvious. Um, last paragraph down there at the bottom says, maybe Timothy was chosen to go back to Thessalonica, uh, possibly for what reason? Why was he chosen and maybe not Silas or somebody? Because he wasn't persecuted as much as the others were, is he? Maybe. Could be. That would be a logical, logical reason. Uh, maybe Timothy had somehow, when they were there before and had all the trouble there, the violence there, maybe as Timothy had somehow escaped uh, the anger of the people doing the persecuting. Uh, maybe they didn't feel as hard toward him as they did Paul and maybe others. So that, that could have been the reason that Timothy was chosen to go back and check on the congregation in Thessalonica. It's possible. But regardless, it says on the next page, he was described, Timothy was described as a brother and a minister of God and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, there in verse 2 uh, that we read. So Timothy, Paul knew that Timothy was more than capable of doing what? The job you sent him there to do. Or you wouldn't have sent him. He was... Uh, he was a young preacher, a young man, but he was very knowledgeable, very zealous, very sincere, and he was more than capable of going back there and strengthening the faith of the Thessalonians, teaching them more, encouraging them to stay steadfast and faithful. Uh, so Paul had no, I'm sure Paul had no doubts about sending Timothy back to them. I was going to mention what one commentator says down there, uh, which is a good thought here. He says that Paul knew that a hard-won faith can still be what? Can still be lost. And that's why he wanted to 
make sure congregations like Thessalonica uh, stayed faithful. Uh, their faith there had been hard won. They lived in an area of persecution, and uh, he realized that faith could be lost. So he goes on to point out then that Timothy's job that he was sent back to do involved reminding the Thessalonians uh, in verse 3 that we already mentioned that they should not be shaken. Shaken by what? The persecutions. Shaken by the afflictions and the persecutions that would test their faith. Uh, that's what Paul was concerned about. That was what he wanted Timothy to make clear to them. Uh, they had witnessed persecution firsthand when Paul and Silas were, were there in Thessalonica and then had to leave rather quickly. Um, Paul's life was actually in danger, his physical life, uh, when they were there before. So we sent Timothy, as he told them, there in verse 5 that we read, to know your faith, lest by some means the tempter had tempted you, and our labor might be in vain. So who is the verse there talking about with the tempter? That's talking obviously about Satan. Satan is the great tempter. Uh, and Satan was definitely at work there in the area of Thessalonica. So on there on the next page on 48 at the top, mentions that in Matthew 4, verse 3, uh, Satan there is called or known as the tempter, whose mission is to do what? Tempt people into sin. That's Satan's primary mission. Uh, that's his mission today, to tempt people, lead people into sin. Uh, he goes on to point out the temptation of the tempter was not simply to commit some sin or sins, but rather for the Thessalonians, but rather to commit the sin of what? Apostasy. Satan was not just trying to get them to commit any sin. Uh, he was tempting and trying to lead them to commit apostasy. And what is that? That's what it was then. That's what it is today. Falling away from what we've been taught. Uh, from the way of the Lord, from the faithful path, falling away from that. So he concludes that section by saying what was at stake was what? Their salvation. The salvation of the Thessalonian Christians was uh, at stake, and that's why Paul was very concerned about them. So any thoughts or comments, questions there about the first five verses there in the text, Timothy's mission? All right then, let's flip back now and let's read 6 through 8 in 1 Thessalonians 3 and then we'll look at Timothy's good news. Verse 6. <clears throat> but now that Timothy has come to us from you, and brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always have good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us as we also to see you. Therefore, brethren, in all our afflictions and distress, we were comforted concerning you by your faith. Verse 8, for now we live 
if you stand fast in the Lord. So look at the section there on 48, Timothy's Good News. So as we said, when Timothy comes back from his mission to Thessalonica, uh, he comes back to Paul. Paul was at that time in the city of Corinth, and he goes to Paul, and he is able to bring a very good report uh, back to Paul about the congregation in Thessalonica, Thessalonian church. Uh, says there, Timothy has come to us from you, brought us good news of your faith and love, and that you always have a good remembrance of us, greatly desiring to see us, and we also to see you. So that's, that's a good, that's a good uh, <clears throat> response to uh, the, the church at Thessalonica. Goes on to say the Christians in <clears throat> Thessalonica had obviously not given up the faith. They had remained true. They had not been swayed by persecution, nor by those who spoke against Paul. <clears throat> so because of that, the apostle was comforted uh, in the New King James Version, and the NIV has the word encouraged, but uh, both of those would be accurate descriptions of how Paul felt when he got Timothy's report. That would be a very encouraging thing. Next page there at the top mentions that uh, one commentator makes the point, this is a good point, that Timothy had been sent to inquire about their faith, but then he comes back and he reports, of course, about their faith, staying strong and continuing in the faith, but he also reports about something else. The love that the church had for each other and for others. So he was sent to check on their faith and report about that, but he, he gave us a report about their faith and their love. And it says that suggests that he not only found them persevering in their faith and their trust and their confidence in God, but also maintaining a proper standard of Christian conduct and love toward those around them. So that was kind of an extra good side of the report that Timothy was able to bring back to Paul. So then in verse 8 that we read um, a moment ago, Paul says, he makes the statement, for now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. What did Paul mean by that, do you think? That statement. And now we live if you stand fast in the Lord. Commentary goes on to say, in many ways Paul's concern for his fellow Christians was overshadowing his concern for who? Himself. Himself. He was more concerned for them than he was for himself. And he mentions there at the bottom of that section that one commentator says that Paul could say, because of that, Paul could say that Christ was his life and that it meant life for him to know what? That his converts, people he was talking, converted to the Lord were standing true 
that helped him to have the strength to go on and do what he was doing to know that people he had converted were standing, standing strong in the faith, uh, continuing in the faith. So that's, that's kind of what he has reference to there in that, in that passage. So any thoughts, comments about um, that section there on 6 through 8? We've got to kind of move on here. Yeah, that's a good point. Right. That's a good point, Seth. Yeah. People that believe in the uh, in the idea of the false idea of once saved, always saved. Uh, if that if that was the case, if that's true, then why was Paul sending Timothy back to check on them and make sure they were still standing strong if there was no danger of them falling away? Apostasy. Yeah, good point. Good good point. All right, let's read 9 through 13, and then we'll look at Paul's prayer. So flip back to the text, bottom of 43. <clears throat> for what thanks can we render to God for you for all the joy with which we rejoice for your sake before our God? Uh, verse 10, night and day, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is lacking in your faith. Now may our God and Father himself and our Lord Jesus Christ direct our way to you. And may the Lord make you increase and abound in love to one another and to all just as we do to you. So that he may establish your hearts blameless and holiness before God our Father at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with all his saints. So look at the bottom of 49 there at Paul's prayer. So we read there in that text about Paul expressing his thankfulness uh, for the good news that Timothy had brought back to him. Uh, he was happy and rejoicing to hear about their continuing faithfulness. Uh, and he asked God to bless him there with the chance to do what? He, wanted, he still wants to go back to Thessalonica. Uh, is he able to? He's able to go back, possibly on the third missionary journey, not on the second, which is what we're talking about now, but on the third missionary journey, he does revisit Macedonia. So it's very likely or possible that he would have gone back maybe at that time uh, to revisit the congregation there. We don't know that for sure, but that's possible. Um, one commentator says, Timothy's report about the Thessalonians have been good overall, but as we read there, they still needed further teaching and maturing so they might do what? Grow stronger, and be better Christians. Grow stronger excel still more. Uh, Paul prayed up there, praying exceedingly that we may see your face and perfect what is what? Lacking in your face. So there was still... There were still things they needed to be taught and strengthened on. Uh, so that's why he was hoping to be able to come back to them at some point. Uh, Paul wants to help them overcome any deficiencies that might be present in their faith. And he goes on to point out there that 
<clears throat> they probably refer to the body of doctrines to which the Thessalonians held and the major defects in their faith, the commentator points out, were most likely in the area of what? Second coming of Christ may have been an area where they were kind of lacking in understanding uh, what that was about. And coincidentally, that's what we're going to talk about quite a bit today in the, in the sermon, second coming of Christ. It goes on to say there in the commentary that Paul then prayed specifically for God to direct his path, allow him to go back to Thessalonica. It's possible that he went back on the third missionary tour. Uh, verse 12 that we read, Paul prays for the brethren to increase and abound in what? In love. Increase and abound in love toward one another and toward all. He wants them to grow in that, expand uh, that to all men. Then he ends his prayer by asking the Lord to establish their hearts blameless and holiness before our God. And Father, at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, there's the second coming he mentions, uh, with all his saints. So Paul was praying that they would be found blameless in holiness on that day. So any questions there about comments about that last section, last part of the text? All right, quickly, let's look at the applications and then we'll wind it up. First application, the concern Paul had for the Thessalonians is really a model for Christians today. He says, in a world where individuals focus on themselves, it is refreshing to see Paul doing what? Unselfish. Uh, focusing more importantly on others and desiring the good of others over himself. He says, we would do well uh, to follow that admonition. Second application it says, Paul's prayer that we read about reminds us that God does not always answer our petitions. How? On the timetable, the schedule that, that, that we're on. Uh, Paul was praying to be able to go back and visit the congregation at Thessalonica. But uh, if he was able to go back, uh, it was on that third missionary journey, and that was slightly several years later. So he was not able to go back as quickly as he would have liked. God answered his prayer, but not in the way he expected. But Paul trusted God, and he says there at the end, we must do no less. So any questions about the lesson today, comments about it? Good lesson. I enjoyed working on this this week and studying it. Next Sunday, we'll study lesson number six about Christian purity. Uh, let's close today with a prayer. Father, we're thankful this morning for the time that we spend in our Bible classes here together. Father, help us to put into practice the things that we gain and study in our classes and make us stronger and more faithful children of yours. Father, be with us today in our worship period. Help us to worship you in spirit and in truth. Uh, be with us throughout this Lord's Day, throughout the coming week, and throughout the rest of our lives. And forgive us of our sins, and we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.